Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Happy Rubicon Day, post-Rubicon Day. This is the Bauer and Rose Show. Gary Bauer, Tom Rose with you right here on Sirius XM, The Patriot, Channel 125, The Bauer and Rose Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. My Twitter is Tom Rose Indy, and Gary Bowers is Gary L. Bauer, at Gary L. Bauer, at Gary L. Bauer, at Gary L. Bauer. Well, well no, I just want to point out, Tom, that most of the thousands of people that communicate with me are just like me. And so what I have to do every day is open dozens of envelopes <laughs> with notes in them that have been sent through the mail. Well, we... So there. Last week, you know, there's so much news to get through and to discuss that it's hard to cover it all. But I think the Rubicon has been crossed. That's the term that we all now know. It's a metaphor. It means taking an act that cannot be reversed. It refers to the moment back in, you were just a kid, 49 BC, when Julius Caesar uh, changed Rome and the world forever by taking his army across the river of that name, the Rubicon, that separates or separated the Roman Republic from all its uh, hinterlands. He broke all law, all precedent. It changed Rome, changed the world forever, because Roman generals... Uh, dispatched to the provinces to fight the empire's wars were not allowed to bring their armies into Rome. And they all adhered to it. Some threatened, some hinted, but no one ever actually did it. But once Caesar did it, as he crossed the river, so we're told through Plutarch or whoever, Suetonius or whoever wrote, you know, uh, the history of that age, that as he was crossing that river, he said the die has been cast. Meaning from that moment forward, uh, no matter what happened, conflict was absolutely inevitable. Now, if we fast forward last week to Fulton County, Georgia, Democrats crossed the Rubicon. It wasn't Donald Trump. Donald Trump was the Rubicon. In other words, Democrats crossed it. This was an act, in my opinion, that can't be undone. I don't see a way we come back from this. Conflict, however we define it, is now inevitable and ultimately, I think, necessary. There's no turning back. We either fight. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. So let me start. You, what, uh, what do you mean conflict? We either fight back and defeat those. Physically? No, well, no, not physically. Okay. I just want to clarify. Uh, no, not, not physically, but, uh, I mean, they haven't crossed the Rubicon. Physically, they've used lawfare. They've politicized law enforcement agencies. We either fight back and defeat those who force this moment or all will be lost forever. Democrats, they just arrested 
a former president leading candidate to become the next president, took his mugshot because his face is very unrecognizable. And the markings on his private plane are unrecognizable. So obviously they had to get a mugshot because nobody would recognize him if he decided to flee the country. They just shattered a quarter of a millennium norm in this country of refusing to criminalize politics. They upended any meaningful interpretation of law. I think, Gary, this changes everything. And I can't predict where we go from here. Um, and I, my guess is you can't predict. Nobody can. Well, it, maybe the better word would be prophesized, right? Because the, to be able to figure this out, you'd have to be a God-inspired prophet who, you know, God telling you where you think, where this is going to go. Uh, is it possible to, can you keep going across the Rubicon? And then <laughs> How wide is the, the river? Direction? And just, you know, wear a path out because they've been crossing the Rubicon time and time and time again. And to me, it's no longer shocking that they cross it. To me, what's so amazing is that those of us on the other side of the Rubicon still seem so unwilling and unable to understand that the Rubicon has been crossed and that totalitarianism is knocking on our door. In every way that word is explained, that's what we're facing. The, 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 the mugshot was no sooner out. And by the way, there's some evidence, we don't know for sure, but there's some evidence that it blew up in their face that has actually made him an iconic figure in some quarters. But it doesn't change the legal aspect. No, 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 no. I he know. could I'm still not, go to jail. They could still imprison him. Oh, they want, they want to do that, Tom. But the, the point I was going to make is that, that the, the photo was no sooner taken than Mark Elias, who is fascist in chief for the Democrat Party, was on MSNBC uh, already sensing that you know, maybe the arrest, maybe the mugshot, maybe that hasn't staked, you know, driven a stake through this guy's heart yet. He was on MSNBC with other, you know, very wise people talking about the absolute necessity uh, to keep Donald Trump off the ballot so that millions of Americans are deprived of their right to vote for him. Now, think about that the but think about the irony that. of that. They're keeping a guy off the ballot, quote, in defense of democracy. It, it's it, it, it's no more. It's no longer irony, Tom. It's it's I mean, irony is, you know, used for rhetorical right. Orwellian. Maybe that's a better word. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, this is this is this is what happens in totalitarian societies. You are required to believe two contradictory things at the same time. That's a mark of totalitarianism. You you are, you are not permitted to process or believe the evidence of your own eyes, the sound in your own ears. You must believe multiple things, all of which logically cannot be true. But if you fail... To not believe all those things, you're an enemy of the state, and you must be dealt with uh, appropriately. Tom, uh, you know, every conversation we have, it, it all goes back to this. 
where is the Republican Party? Where, where the, the, his arrest and the mugshot and all the rest of that, you needed to find, you needed a magnifying glass, you needed a high-powered telescope to find Republican office holders in Washington, D.C., responding to this. One is left with only one conclusion. They desperately hope this is the coup de grace, that this mugshot does end it. They want him dead, either politically or literally. You're talking about Republicans? Yes, because that's how they get back to normalcy. They think all that is happening is caused by him, that he is the first part of all of this. And that if he was just gone, then we would get back to what somebody made this analogy, Tom, that the Uniparty in Washington, I saw this over at the stream, which is a a wonderful website I recommend to everybody. It's just thestream.com. There's a bunch of good writers over there. And one of them said the Uniparty was most comfortable, most celebratory, most at home in its own skin. When? During John McCain's funeral. They were honoring a man that didn't respect party lines. They were all together hugging and crying. And most importantly, Donald Trump wasn't there. He couldn't be allowed to be an event where the Uniparty came together in this solemn moment to pat each other on the back, pass little notes together, get their mug. This is the way it's supposed to be, America. This is what we all want. You saw us all there at the Washington Cathedral, all of us who, as Oliver pointed out, all of us rich men north of Richmond, all of our bank accounts getting larger, our balance sheets becoming more admirable, while you suckers out there pay the tab, uh, periodically, we have to pay attention to, and that party breaker, that guy that walked in from nowhere and upset everybody's apple cart. Tom, you go back and look at the stage behind Donald Trump on Inauguration Day. Those people could barely stay in their seats. They couldn't believe what they were hearing. And so I, I just think, you know, to me, the, what the, what the Democrat party is doing is proof of them being a neo-Marxist party. And what the Republicans are failing to do is proof positive that they are the surrender party. So how do we, look, how do you go back from this? Are we going to stop now criminalizing opposition politicians? Are we going to stop weaponizing the justice system? Are we going to stop Rigging elections? Are we going to stop changing election laws at the last moment to help your party? Are we going to stop prosecuting lawyers for advising their clients how best to use the legal system to make their case? We're not. I know of no prophecy, biblical or otherwise, where God in heaven writes in the stars that America must survive as a democratic republic. Nowhere is it promised that I'm aware of that we're going to emerge 
always triumphant despite ourselves, no matter what we do. If our country's to be saved, it's we and we alone who must do the saving. I don't think there's no white knight out there, Gary. There's no God in heaven. There are no biblical prophecies that are going to intervene to save us if we don't first act to save ourselves. The die was cast. That was Caesar's famous line last week in Atlanta. And I think you're right. There's still no real recognition of that. But I don't know. I know what the complaints are. But how do you come back? I don't think there's a way to come back from this. Well, uh, I mean, in a, I, I know I've explain. asked you to give me the answer to something I've just said there's no answer to, but go ahead. Give it a shot. Yeah, well, you, I mean, you just uh, it, uh, unintentionally um, made two contradictory points. They, <laughs> Not unusual. They, well, no, I, I, what I, I mean, I don't – I'm being professorial or something, but God may be the only one that can save us. Because I don't see in the police. You think he's going to intervene if we don't first help ourselves? I'm not saying he'll intervene, but I'm saying he may be the only one that can save us. He will choose up to save us. I mean, we are a country that now questions his whole creation. He made us male and female, very important people at all levels of government and in our public culture are saying he made us no such thing. He made us completely blank slates. Uh, we were assigned our gender at birth. Oh, my. I don't even want to go down that road this morning. I'll depress myself. Uh, we, we're at war with everything that God has said. So, I no, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he didn't uh, decide to save us. But it may very well be that the political forces aligned in the country, you can't win, you can't win a war with no, no army. We got an army. We don't have any generals. We don't have any leadership. Did, I mean, is, is Mitch alive? God bless his soul. Is he alive? Is, is, um, I mean, I, I, I just, I saw nothing, Tom. I saw zero. These Fools, both the donor class of the Republican Party and the leadership of the Republican Party, I believe, thinks with every fiber of their being that as tragic as it would be if Trump ended up being convicted, or, oh, I would certainly weep if I heard that uh, he had a health crisis and can no longer run. They think if those things happen, they will finally win the presidency. Anybody defeat sleepy Joe Biden. They, the Fox had a, a woman on from the Washington Examiner today saying that Donald Trump is the only possible Republican nominee that can't defeat Joe Biden. This at a time when Donald Trump in the polls is the only Republican candidate that is ahead of Joe Biden. None of the others on the stage are beating Joe Biden in the polls right now. Only Donald Trump is is uh, def- is defeating him. This is what Republicans do, Tom. They form circular firing squads. They are to call them the stupid party is to insult stupid. Look, people naturally think that what exists today is going to be here tomorrow. That's that's normal, right? And just as today we can't imagine 
what tomorrow will bring, who 10 years ago, five years ago, would have thought it possible that the culture would demand that men compete in women's sports, that saying only two genders will get you fired? I don't know if you saw this story last week. I guess it was Thursday. AP, I have it in front of me. Carlos Santana goes on wild anti-trans rant at Atlanta concert. Yep. You know what he said? Uh, you well, know, I, don't, I don't have the exact quote in front of me. It was totally not, you know, just totally. I horrible. know what he said. The, the anti-trans rant that the great Carlos Santana, one of the great guitarists of all time and a fantastic showman. I used to, I um, saw him in high school and college. You know what his rant was? Men are men and women are women. Men are men and women are women. That is an anti-trans rant. Who would have thought? You know, 10 years ago that 3 million illegals could enter the country every year with no pushback, that we'd no longer have an election day. Now we have elections that last six weeks, sometimes even eight weeks, where 70% of the votes are cast via mail-in ballots. You can vote after the election. You can send your ballot in two months before the election or after the election that we would allow left-wing uh, anarchists and BLM uh, monsters to destroy our cities for three whole months and go virtually unpunished, that our federal law enforcement agencies would rig elections. I mean, who thought that would happen in such a rapid, quick time? I, I just think that um, I don't see how we go back from this. And I know I've I've said that before, but uh, the die was cast, and I just don't. I think this changes everything. And if no one else can possibly predict where we go from here, then I'm sure as heck not able to do that. I just. Well, well Tom, I, I mean, I think one thing that is predictable is that let's say by some miracle, um, the the Republicans do win the White House. If Trump does, if Trump wins the White House, he will go after these people. But so, let's so would say, DeSantis. So would DeSantis. Well, I, I mean, um, I think it was a mistake for DeSantis to run because he's such a terrific candidate, such a terrific governor, such a great force. And, you know, if you're going to take a shot at the king, you better you better not miss. I just hope he hasn't ruined what otherwise would be a terrific career. I think he's a great governor. I think he'd make a great president. But I, I just don't think this is his time. Uh, well, I, I, I mean, I, mean uh, I, I don't want to go off on for. I mean, I, you, you know, I, I, I think you're right, but uh, what he has faced in Florida as opposition is nothing like what you face on the on the national scene. Of course, nothing like it. Of course, and he, the only one who's no, tested and the only one who's proven is Donald Trump. I agree with that. Right. Okay. So, so uh, where I was going was that. Uh, you said we've crossed the Rubicon, um, and I, I think you're right, but I predict that if a quote-unquote normal conservative Republican, i.e. not a populist Republican like Trump, if a normal conservative Republican wins the White House— But they'll make sure that we can't win back the White House. Well, I'm saying okay, if they sorry. do— I'll shut up. I'll shut up. Go ahead. If they do, they 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 will not fight back. I, I'm Tom. I'm telling you, 
I, I mean, I think this this point is extremely important, and it's why what you're saying is so true. They Republican leaders and certainly the Republican donor class, what's left of it, desperately does not want to fight over these things that end up being the most important things facing the country. They just don't want to do it. So if a normal Republican gets the White House back, that Republican's going to go on nationwide TV and he's going to, and he or she's going to say, I want to bring this country together. I think we can do it. We can all work together. I, I want to, my first act is to invite the Democrat leadership, uh, to the White House, uh, to, to identify all the things we can, uh, we can work together on. I, I don't know whether it'll be stupid enough to just publicly say it, but a number of Republicans like Paul Ryan and, uh, Jeb Bush and uh, another a number of them have said, uh, I don't do culture war, uh, that that new con- that new Republican, normal Republican president will probably by his actions, if not by his words, say, get away from that culture war crap. I'm not that's just too divisive. And and the completion of the transformation of America will take place. Um, and I, you, you know, the, I think the party will will like a suicide bomber blow itself up before it will allow the party to become a Trump and uh, even a DeSantis type uh, populist conservative Republican Party. And I think there might be a, a recognized fatalism. It doesn't really matter from that perspective whether or not we win or lose elections because no matter how America votes or what Americans want, the Democrat Party is the permanent uh, power party. They control the government. The government of the United States today is now a permanent adjunct arm of the Democrat Party. But even that's not enough for Democrats. As you point out, they want to imprison Donald Trump for life. Mark Levin, the other night on his terrific show on Fox, pointed out that Donald Trump faces 91 uh, felony counts that if he's convicted on all and maximum sentenced to all, faces 1,000 years in prison. But that's not enough. They want to expand on their already almost complete power to ensure absolute permanent control. They're, they're actively working to diminish, as we see from the mugshot in Fulton County, any threat to their rule. They back it up. They want to get rid of the filibuster that, that'll destroy the Senate. They want to pack the Senate, um, not to make it more representative, but to make it more democratic by adding four senators from two uh, uh, areas that aren't even states, Puerto Rico and uh, D.C. They want to pack the court. They hate the Electoral College. They want to federalize national elections. See, it's not enough. It's never enough. There's no limiting principle to leftism or the Democrat Party. They want open borders, citizenship and voting rights for illegals. They not only want to weaponize the justice system and the administrative state, they're already doing it. They want no opposition whatsoever, and they're well on their way to getting it, which is why... You know, all this talk, well, did it backfire, the arrest? You know, Trump's raised $8.5 million. All they need, Gary, all they need 
is one conviction. And this thing is so stacked. They had two and a half years, these, these four jurisdictions to quote unquote indict. They all do it in a, in a compressed period of time right before the Republican primary season starts. We now have this, this, this absolute obscenity of a, uh, Judge Chutkin in Washington, D.C., who's already set a trial date for March 4, the day before Super Tuesday. And I hear Republicans, I hear conservatives that I wish I could believe, I wish I trusted. Oh, this could do it. This could be the backfire. This could really propel Trump over the edge. I, I don't, I mean, it's, we're always looking at a pile of horse dump and asking, where's the pony? I don't think there is a pony. I just think at this stage, there's only a pile of horse dump. Well, Tom, look, I mean, we I mean, there's so many things that we need. Uh, relax, folks. I'm not going to take 10 hours. We need 10 hours at least to go through it all. Don't but be so sure, about, folks. Yeah. Think think of how many, you know, and, and you and I are guilty of this. Um, think of how much time we have spent on promoting the idea, which the apparently the American people believe that Joe Biden is too mentally challenged, mentally uh, decaying, uh, too old, too lacking in energy uh, to be trusted with another four years. That we've we have spent a lot of political capital on that argument. It would be like in Germany in the 1930s uh, attacking Hitler. Uh, because we we think he you know he may be showing the early signs of Alzheimer's. That's not what is the problem with with Biden. The problem with Biden isn't that he's too old. He trips going up the steps. The problem with Biden is he is taking away our constitutional republic right in front of our eyes. He is driving racial divisions intentionally. He is lying through his teeth. He is labeling all opposition racist. It's, oh, what a buffoon. Did you see what he said today? He made a joke about his Corvette. That's all sideshow crap. This guy is a tool of real fascists that are stealing your liberty, ladies and gentlemen. And we got Republicans that want to, oh, well, I think he just isn't vibrant enough. He's a really nice guy. I worked with him in the past, but I'm a little concerned about the fact he falls asleep in meetings. We should be happy when he falls asleep because when he falls asleep, he's not able to be full time damaging the Republic. So many have died to give to us and that we are on the verge of letting it be crushed. You are listening to the Bauer and Rose podcast brought to you by our friends at justthenews.com, Sirius XM, the Patriot Channel 125, and wherever you get your podcasts. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. 
And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome back, everybody. Tom Rose, Gary Bauer with you, the Bauer and Rose Show, the Bauer and Rose Podcast. I'm going to switch gears here since I have the uh, the fancy machine. Bauer doesn't even... <laughs> Uh, uh, Bauer has no idea where I'm going, and that's part of the problem. Two weeks ago, actually now it's three weeks ago, America faced uh, its worst uh, natural or man-made disaster since 9-11, the man-caused Maui wildfires, and yesterday's New York Times, I haven't looked today, yesterday's New York Times... We're just three weeks out, not a word, not a single story, not a single syllable, not a single word. It's been 10 days since state officials in Hawaii have updated or changed the casualty figures. They're only reporting only, quote unquote, 115 dead. Gary, there are 1,100 people missing. They're dead. I hate to say it. It breaks my heart to say it. The bottom line is, and there is a story here that absolutely boggles the mind that has not been reported at all. The day after the wildfires started, August 9th, the day after, the state of Hawaii, the the state's Board of Land and Natural Resources, filed a petition before the state Supreme Court asking for more water to be released to battle the wildfires upcountry in Maui, which is uh, uh, the north-facing, whatever, and we don't need to get into the topography of Maui, but this is an area that's drier than, than down by the beaches or down by the ocean, and to overturn an emergency petition to overturn a court decision that came in June that streams uh, diverted in East Maui uh, get more water so that uh, people could get less water. Native Hawaiian groups, environmental groups, were fighting to restore these streams in East Maui. The Sierra Club uh, petitioned, and this is in their petition, that it's more important to restore customary Hawaiian practices and ecological balance, quote-unquote. By that, they mean growing taro, which is a local root food brought to the islands by Polynesian settlers. Taro. It isn't even eaten by anyone anymore. It requires unbelievable amounts of water. And trust me, Gary Bauer, it is the single most disgusting food imaginable. So, but, and the court rule, I mean, it's just, it's pasty and it's, ugh, it's absolutely sickening. You got to beat it with a, with a heavy rock. It's just, a, it's a totally disgusting food. That day, the day after the Maui fires, the court sided with the Sierra Club. The court denied the petition. Not a word in the mainstream press the very day after the fire. So given a choice between fighting wildfires, saving children, or saving taro, the Sierra Club and the Hawaii Supreme Court chose the vegetable. Now, Dan Greenfield makes a great point. Why should we be surprised that Democrats side with vegetables over people when their party is headed by a vegetable. Ooh, oh, that that probably 
we might even get kicked off just the news, which has a very broad standards. That was a zinger right there. This story yeah, got no I, coverage. I, I know. Well, look, kudos to you for uh, staying on, on this whole controversy that is not being covered uh, enough. And, and I would I would add even by the outlets on our side. I mean, it's not it's not quite the same thing, but look how little effort there there has been to go back to East Palestine, Ohio, and find out how that community of our fellow Americans, working class Americans of all races, how they're after the promises by the federal government and the railroad company that they were going to make them whole, everything would be okay, the community would be restored. No, no disrespect, no disrespect to East Palestine, Ohio, honestly. Nobody died. We've got 1,100 people, hundreds of children dead. This wasn't, an, yeah. this, uh, this wasn't climate. Yeah, no, I, that's why I said I'm not, to, I'm not comparing the two, but I'm just saying this, this is, this is the way it's done, Tom, right? I mean, this is the mark of totalitarianism. They, they, they've got their, they've got their causes that are used to, Always expand the power of the federal government. Uh, and th- th- they're very consistent about it. You know, to, Stalin was willing to kill millions of men in order to build the new man. Um, this is always the way with totalitarians. They, you know, they, they love mankind. They just hate individuals. Uh, and they'll do anything to those individuals they have to do and to save mankind. Um, and we, you know, our, our side is, it's just, we're, we're not on the same level intellectually. We don't we just be, uh, paralyzed to, to deal with any of it. Um, Tom, what do you think? So I, I, I think we might have alluded this, to this the other day. I think if they're ever going to come clean on on how many people actually died, they'll do it over Labor Day weekend when nobody's paying any attention. Oh. Environmentalists are not only making us poorer and making our lives more difficult. They're getting us killed. As we've said since the di- we were on the air when the fires broke out. It isn't or wasn't climate change that caused these fires. It was the environmentalists. And the media, of course, won't tell you this. But as of today, August 29, the fires are still burning. And so are the efforts of local environmentalists to withhold the water needed to fight them in certain areas. We suffered almost... A third of the deaths on Maui, as we did on 9-11. And the media has moved on. Gary, it's unconscionable. It's unthinkable. And more evidence, as if we needed any, that the media of ours is nothing more than an arm of the Democrat Party. The irony, and I know you hate the use of that term in situations like this, Hawaii is the most Democrat state in the country. Maui County yes, skews a yeah. little, a little to the right, but Lahaina, which no longer exists, was solidly Democrat. The people, their environmental policies killed. The children they burned alive in fires 
are Democrat voters, not the children, but you know what I mean. These are Democrats, yeah. and they don't give a damn. Why is there no push to get these numbers fixed? Why is there no push to find out how many died? How many, wh- wh- no push, no reporting, no questions. How many children got sent home to be burned alive with their families? Why have there been no criminal indictments for those who withheld water, those who refused to activate sirens, those who closed the only road out of town? No resignations, no firings. Well, Tom, why, you know, I I don't know. Maybe this has happened. We just haven't heard about it yet, which would be par for the course. Uh, did, Did anybody... In the Republican leadership in the House and the Senate uh, or at the RNC, uh, did, did anybody say, OK, I, I, let's let's get a working group on this. This is a unmitigated disaster. Americans have died. Doesn't matter if it's a Democrat state or not. Doesn't matter whether Hawaii is going to be in play in the election. These are Americans and they deserve justice. We deserve to know what's going on. Families deserve to know what happened, just like the parents of those that died at the Kabul airport deserve to know who blew it, who made the mistakes. They need to be held accountable. We don't do it. We don't do the basics, Tom. It's it's driving me insane. We're in politics, our side. And we appear to be uneducated about what you do in politics. Or, or How my, do you govern? Or am I being overly fatalistic? This is a, a genuine question, because if you think I am, I'll apologize. Or am I being overly fatalistic at this point, three weeks later, in assuming, God forbid, that the 1,100 people who are reported missing can now presumed to have been lost in this fire. That makes it worse than Hurricane Katrina, which we heard about for years. And I mean, it's it it's been 24 days. Don't you think these people would have emerged? It's 24 days, and. If these numbers hold up and these people, God forbid, are lost, this will be 1,200 people killed in an entirely man-made disaster. And there's no coverage. Yeah, you know, Tom, I, I don't know. I mean, I keep hoping against hope that, um, th- that the same incompetence of the government at all levels – uh, in dealing with this, uh, may still be operating, and and it may be because of incompetence that we don't have uh, the the final figures yet. Uh, although every fiber of my being tells me that you're you're right that there is, in its own way, uh, a cover up going on. This is there there is a pattern with disasters it's it's always been like this and you and by the way tom this pattern it, it irritates us both we've talked about it in the past where there'll there'll be a flooding somewhere or uh, an an earthquake or whatever and and uh, in the immediate aftermath uh, authorities will say uh, you know, there are 12 dead but there are 2987 missing and we always say in reaction to that, 
okay, they're insinuating that all those people are dead. Those people went to hotels. They drove 75 miles away and they're living with a relative until they can get their feet back under them, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then what happens in the week to 10 days after the natural disaster or, or in some cases fires or flooding that they will come out and say, uh, well, now 95% of those people that were missing have now been accounted for. Uh, they were, you know, they, they've called in, uh, they've notified authorities that they're sound, safe and sound. And so now there's only a hundred people missing. That hasn't happened here. I would ha- I don't have access or I haven't bothered to try to get to Hawaiian media, but I would assume that the local authorities, the state authorities, the county authorities have all provided call-in numbers. Of course. Where, where people could say, don't you take me off the list. My wife and I and our three kids are on the main island. We, we got, we luckily got out of there and we're living with some relatives. We were, we can't wait till we get back to do the rebuilding. Where do I apply for the FEMA money, et cetera? None of that appears to be happening. So I'm assuming, I mean, for one thing, Tom, these people I would think would be interested in applying for the federal money, seven hundred dollars to rebuild, right? Seven hundred dollars. Illegal immigrants in New York get three thousand dollars a month to stay in hotels. Uh, Mauians uh, whose families have been destroyed, they get seven hundred dollars. Yeah, but I, I'm assuming. That no, I know I, what you're saying, right? Yeah, that that you know, there, there's going to be some sort of FEMA money uh, provided uh, in additional to this initial check. Um, but I, you know, I think part of it is they, they, I don't really think they care at the white house really because they don't have to, Hawaii is not a swing state. Hawaii will, that's the thing. That's the point. They'll vote Democrat, even if their children are burned alive, God forbid, as a result of environmental policies. I want to switch gears if we can for the few minutes that we've got left on this horrific racist Jacksonville shooting. And the immediate, almost, the almost Pavlovian uh, response of the media. And we'll get to gun control, but I want to I hit you with this first. And everybody on our side of the aisle, with the exception of your fellow, uh, oh, well, I would say you're an Ohioan, but you're not, <clears throat> Vivek Ramaswamy, who just was absolutely, unbelievably sensational on the Sunday talk shows. How is it that there's an assumption that any and every racist murderer in this country is, quote-unquote, a right-winger. There are no left-wing racists. This murderer left a manifesto saying he hated black people, so obviously it's a right-wing. Did the guy's manifesto, did it talk about Ronald Reagan or marginal tax rates or property rights or the Constitution? So any racist is automatically a Republican and everybody buys it? Everybody buys it. Everybody but Vivek. He was the only one that even pushed back against that narrative. Not to mention that we just accept their definitions of us, right? This racist murderer. Go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say he was very well known to attend Federalist Society meetings. And uh, I think he was a member of the Conservative Freedom Caucus, wasn't he? I'm sure. 
Did he not have a Trump sticker on his car? Uh, oh, he must have had one. That I, I mean, I was going to raise a slightly different point, which is how quickly uh, the contents of his uh, manifesto right. were described to us by local and state authorities. Because they immediately I, assumed right winger Republican and we all bought it. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we've talked about this a little bit, but, you know, a while back they had the uh, uh, the Christmas parade murderer in Wisconsin who drew drove his car uh, into uh, a group of good middle Americans uh, on a, a Chris in a Christmas parade, mowing them down, killing. I don't know what the final figures were crippling many of them, etc. He had a long record of uh, bigotry against whites. He was anti-Christian. Uh, all the way through the process, the information we were told over and over again, authorities have no idea what his motive was. Then, then we had the uh, shooting in, uh, in Tennessee by a young woman who was transitioning to be a young man, uh, goes to a Christian school, and this is in the wake of months and months of hatred aimed at Christians and transgender publications and the transgender subculture because Christians have been some of the leading ones saying there, there are only men and women. You don't, you know, all the rest of that. So, uh, she, she had several manifestos. All these many months later, we still haven't seen them. They're, they're, you can't get to them. They're involved in court proceedings, even in a conservative state like Tennessee. The, the, the Tennessee state government and others could not find a way to release those manifestos. Now, why would that be the case in Wisconsin? Why would that be the case in Tennessee? Because those manifestos do not provide any aid and comfort to the left-wing narrative about America, which is all the hatred in America is on the side of conservatism, on the side of whites, on the side of Republicans. And so that information has got to be spiked. It cannot be allowed to be part of the national conversation. But this uh, uh, SOB killer in Florida, this hater, obviously a hater, his actions, his disgusting actions, because of things he wrote, can be exploited and used as a club against everybody that's conservative. It's uh, all part of the narrative that white people are bigots and haters genetically, and that minority people are doomed to be, uh, to be hurt, to be harmed, uh, they're, they're doomed to not being able to succeed, uh, all because of white racist America. Right. And then, of course, immediately the Pavlovian response is, it's our fault, it's Republicans' fault, because we don't pass uh, more uh, gun control laws. If Democrat prosecutors, Gary, refuse to enforce existing gun laws against people who use guns to commit crimes— or if Democrat judges release gun criminals right back on the streets or don't require bail at all for gun criminals, then gun bans and gun confiscation programs are only going to apply to, ding, 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 law-abiding 
citizens. And it's funny that at the very same time you have no bail laws and very lax, if any, enforcement at all. How many BLM protesters that were arrested were, were found with illegal weapons and immediately released or given you know, slaps on the wrist. They don't enforce the gun laws we already have in this country against those who commit gun crimes. So if you're a gun criminal, you get special treatment. But if you're a law-abiding citizen, we're supposed to uh, ban you from your Second Amendment rights or confiscate the guns you already have. Yeah, that's a great point, Tom. Uh, look, as we're as we're wrapping up here, I feel badly that we we left people in this uh, in this particular episode of uh, Bauer and Rose, um, probably with a sense of hopelessness. You know, I said it's going to take an act of God, and you said, uh, "Well, you, you <laughs> I don't know, God's even... not going to help us if we don't help ourselves." You know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I just want to say, Tom, one of the things that I think is going to have to happen, and I want to be very careful with my words. I'm not saying we need uh, events that ended like January 6th, where a small percentage of a crowd ended up entering the Capitol building. And as, and as a result, the, the left has been able to come up with something uh, which will probably be a national holiday at some point, a day of remembrance before it's all over. But I do believe, Tom, that unless the right can get over our shyness and start legally demonstrating about our causes, and we need to start it quickly uh, at the local level, at the state level, and at the national level. And I take heart that it, that that is beginning to happen, particularly outside school board meetings, where uh, unlikely people are making common cause. In Montgomery County, where Christian parents and Muslim parents, there's a march that's been called for, a national march in Canada of Christian and Muslim parents against this sexualization of children in the schools. I would say gun owners need to do it. Pro-lifers need to do it. People of faith need to do it. We have a right a right of freedom of speech, a right to petition both in writing and where bodies in uh, in the, the streets get get your permit, apply for the permit. We need to show and remind the left that there are millions of us and we are willing to march for our rights, too. Amen. We're out of time. Well, I'm glad I got that in. Who, <laughs> could, just, who knows? This show may never be back on the air once the left hears it. <laughs> well, have a great couple of days. We'll talk to you again if you're in the path of Hurricane Idalia. I don't yes, need to tell. I, I don't need to tell you to stay safe because obviously, if you listen to this podcast, you're smart enough to know to to follow follow directions and get the heck out of the way. Although, um, who knows how it'll hit? But hopefully, uh, it's not. Uh, terribly serious. Anyway, have a great couple of days. God bless you. God bless uh, all of our listeners. And we will uh, talk to you in a couple of days. Absolutely.